Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. Hey, TCC and 49ers faithful, are you coming to the draft party? Because we have been hearing from so many that they are, you're not going to want to miss the opportunity. The outpouring is huge. Everyone is going to be there. We hope you are too. Yeah, make sure you join us on April 29th from 4 to 8 at Back Alley Brewery. And Gold is going to be so much fun, you're not going to want to miss it. Not at all. Cutback podcast time. Welcome to the show. It's we're going to be talking about safeties, and safeties has been one of those positions that most 49er fans believe they need to go after. They need to get a safety to solidify the room, put someone in there next to Jimmy Ward. Uh, because there's there's a lot of conversation about is Tarverius Moore gonna be that guy? He hasn't proven it yet. Could Talano Hufanga take the next step in coverage? We're not sure. But there's a lot of safeties in this draft, and the Niners are picking at 61. They could potentially walk away with a very nice safety that could slide right in there and take Dequisky Tart's job. Yeah, they could. They could at 61. I think you and I both can agree, right? After 61, it becomes a lot harder to, to get a guy at the safety position that maybe is a bona fide, solidified starting option for the 49ers. So if they're not necessarily in love with a guy at 61, or if there's a better player on the board in another position at 61, then the guy you may be selecting if you're going safety route might not necessarily be a guy who can slot in right away as a starter, but maybe he's pushing and competing. Is definitely going to have to add something in the special team. So there's a lot of options, a lot of way for the 49ers to really take a look at this. So cut back crew. Make sure you hit that like button right now. Subscribe if you have not already. And if they haven't hit that subscribe button, I don't know what they're doing. And then hit that notification bell because you don't want to miss any more of the draft breakdowns and prospects because we still got a handful yeah. of them. And, and you, you know the cutback crew wants to continue getting plugged the draft party. You you guys want to come to the draft party. We know that. And the best way to do all that is make sure you're subscribed because you'll get plugs. Trust me, you'll get plenty of plugs. Yeah, there's going to be lots of fun times for the draft party. And 
one of the ways that you're going to be really prepared for the draft party is knowing who the 49ers could select with that pick 61. That's going to be a hot you know, topic as we move forward. Um, and as I was going through the safeties and really breaking them down, there's only a few players that received a star player from me. Mm-hmm. I thought that there was a lot of depth in this position, but a lot of guys that were developmental pieces, guys that were going to come in, they could possibly compete for the starting job, but I'm not so sure that they don't have the similar weaknesses to the guys that we already have playing next to Jimmy Ward. And I even found one guy that when I watched him, I just kept getting reminded of Jaquiski Tart. And as a developmental piece later in the draft, that might make sense as someone you bring in and eventually he could become a Tart caliber player for you down the road. Well, and I am looking forward to seeing who that comparison is going to be in Cutback Crew. If you're excited as well, let us know in the chat and everyone that's here. Welcome. Welcome, TCC. Good to see you all. Good to see you all on this uh, wonderful Tuesday and leading into tomorrow's incredible war room that they're not going to want to miss out on either. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, So look, let's let's dive into this thing. Let's take a look at the first gentleman available on the board that would be an option for the San Francisco 49ers at the safety position. And that's obviously going to be Jalen Petrie. You've heard us talk about him a lot. You've heard a lot of the Cutback Crew. You've been on the channel. And a lot of other 49ers content creators talking about Jalen Petrie, Petrie, excuse me, the safety out of Baylor. Yeah, his stock started rising after the Senior Bowl. It was a guy that just flew up boards. Um, him and JT Woods are very good safeties coming out of Baylor. True. Uh, but Petrie has a lot of flexibility to be able to play in the slot and also play, you know, the deep third and everything you have to do with the safety position. He is a star player for me. Watching him on film, he absolutely erupts. I mean, you can just see the things that he does. Um, the change of direction, the hips, everything, it's all fluid. I wrote down very disciplined eyes as well. He was always focused on his targets. He's a ball hawk, uh, plays bigger than his size at 5'11", 198 pounds. So that was something that I really liked. And then he's a solid blitzer, like a really good blitzer off the edge. It gave me K1 Williams vibes as I'm watching him come off the edge. It was all things that I like to see. And the thing I really loved was that when I got to try to look for negatives, I couldn't find those negatives. I wasn't writing down negative things. I was very impressed with this player. It made me wonder how in the heck he's going to be there at 61 and how somebody's not going to take this guy earlier than that. Because to me, he's a a bona fide stud, and he is one of the safeties that could step in day one opposite of Jimmy Ward and start for the 49ers. Question, if he's a bona fide stud, you can't teach that, right? No, you can't teach that. Okay, thank God. You can't teach that you yeah, you really you can't um and the ball skills that you talked about right the ball hawking ability with him was something i really like um as well as the dynamics the diversity you can play him in a lot of different ways you can utilize him utilize him in a lot of different ways you talked about in the slot uh played a lot in the box as well kind of a stack yeah. backer type role um and you talked about the fluidity and to the, it doesn't really seem to have any mobility limitations i literally have on my thing he looks like a functional athlete like a guy who just everything he does it works exactly the way it's supposed to. He gets right. himself to the right spots without much struggling or doesn't see, feel like he's fighting. There, There is a guy that we'll talk about a little bit later that I watched his film, and I like the position he puts himself in. I love him as a tackler. But, man, you watch him move around the field, and it's like, oh, dude, it seems stiff, robotic. It feels like there's someone out there between every play oiling up the joints and the gears to make sure that you can get out there and move the way you need to move in order to be in the right spots. You don't have those concerns with Petrie. Um, in fact, very early on in the breakdowns of Jalen Petrie, I kept watching film and being like, this guy's probably going 20, 30 spots before San Francisco is picking. He's not going to be available at 61. And for whatever reason, a lot of places have him falling and sliding right down into an area where the Niners could either take him at 61 or 
have to move up just a handful of spots in order to make sure they secured him if this was the guy that they were in love with. Yeah, I mean, he reminds me of Trevon Morwig from last year. Fair. And Morwig was considered a first-round pick. I think Petrie actually is a little more fluid playing in the slot. I thought he was a lot better at knowing the depth, recognizing route concepts, and what players were trying to do to him, and then matching their routes. So I think he's a better coverage guy coming from the safety position. I think that is something I'm very interested in, is putting somebody that has equal to coverage skills with Jimmy Ward. Uh, you see the way the league is changing. You see the way the Rams are changing, where they're having multiple receivers that can do a bunch of different things. But if you could match up with these guys with corners and safeties, uh, be able to go man at times and then also flip into zone, you could really confuse them. And I think that might be the wave of the future is to get a very impressive coverage safety. Of course, they got to be able to operate in the box with Petrie can do. But that's one thing that I'm looking for is a guy that's really good in coverage that can operate in the box as well. I think the days of having a strong safety per se could be fading away. You're not wrong yet. Yeah. Uh, you're really not. And look, you're looking for dynamic, diverse guys who can fill a lot of different roles and maybe aren't set into playing a specific type of safety role. Um, you know, this, this guy definitely fits the bill there and fits the mold. He can do a lot of different things. And speaking of another guy who can do a lot of different things, we got to bring up Tariq Woolen because, yes, he's a cornerback prospect, and we've talked about this, and we talked about this on our cornerback episodes, but you and I both watched film. You recognized it first, and as soon as you pointed out to me some of this, the skill set translations that Mr. Woolen could have at the safety position, the more I started coming around to this idea of, hey, if you can't get a Jalen Petrie, or if that guy were to start sliding down some boards, or even at 61, if there was no one else best available player there, this might be a situation where you take a flyer on a guy like Tariq Woolen, who ideally, like a lot of people look at and think cornerback, and he could translate and slide right into the safety position for the 49ers. Yeah, he could. I, I think he would be somebody that you could translate and develop into a safety for sure. I would I would almost consider taking him over Petrie because of the ability that he would have to put on weight onto a six four frame. True. Because he's six foot four, two hundred and five pounds but runs a you know sub 4 three forty. He's extremely athletic. He'll be able to close in a big way. Um, you're thinking about a Cam Chancellor style of body, if you could put the necessary weight on him, but then keep that 4-3 speed. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's one guy that could fly around and then make, make plays. He's a willing tackler. He gets after people. Uh, he's somebody I'm definitely excited about because I think he could be a mixture of a couple of different guys. But I don't know if the 49ers see the safety value in there. Uh, it's like Lou is saying, you know, potentially the 49ers wouldn't think about going safety at 61. That's always a possibility. But this wouldn't be just any safety, right? The two guys that we're talking about with Woolen and with uh, Petrie are guys that have extreme coverage skills. So they take your defense to another level. You have a very good defensive line right now. We know I'm a proponent on people that can make a sudden impact. I think you're looking edge rusher. You're looking wide receiver. But if that guy is not there and you think that the next level of guys at 93, you might take a chance on Tariq Woolen right here uh, and just see what you could get out of him. Because that is a big body that can fly around and make plays. And right now, he's not a tremendous coverage guy as a corner. But putting him in the safety position, he could definitely develop and be, I mean, a pro bowl caliber player for you. Very, very, uh, very, very accurate and indeed. And a lot of interesting comments here. Lou saying, hey, we don't need a safety at 61. Yeah. This isn't a no-brainer. Go edge. Um, you know, I'm seeing a couple other guys talking about Woolen being a, a, a guy who could transition in there. He was a combine, it was a combine standout. Power Fitness brought that up. Um, and look, it, across the board with the safety position, it's really hard to know, right? It's really hard to know if this is something the Niners are going to address early, or if they're going to go with that, you know, developmental type guy. Anton, a de developmental type guy who has some ability to translate in different ways and do different things. Um, you know, we've we've been very intrigued and tempted by some of these guys, including a guy like Nick Cross out of Maryland, 
um, to go after this guy in that third kind of fourth round area, which is where he tends to be going on different mock draft boards, depending on what you see. He's an intriguing prospect. He's a very uh, athletic, speedy guy out of Maryland. Um, but there are some concerns with coverage with him. There are some concerns about his surefire tackling ability. This is a guy who's ridiculously fast. He comes off the edge, bl bl edge, blitzes very well. There's a lot of things that would translate into him. But I don't know if he's necessarily polished and pro ready to be like a, a day one down starter type player in cross. The potential and the upside with this guy is huge. I mean, 4-3 speed, uh, comes off the edge very well, has shown he can play very well in the box. The athleticism is all there. I just, it's a risk. Let me put it this way. If Nick Cross was sitting there available at the back end of the fourth round, how do you feel about that pick? Oh, I would take him with 105. I'm not, a, I have no problem going fourth round. I I would think that would he that would be a slide for him because he's got track speed. Correct. Right now he's just got to learn how to play football consistently. Nick Cross, six foot two twelve. I like the size. You mentioned out of Maryland. The first thing I wrote down was strong safety. And I talked earlier about the potential moving of away. yeah, moving away from that because of the coverage reasons. But you put him in the box, he does a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. Like you said, does he need to work on his technique as far as tackling, work on getting in the right positions, grabbing cloth? All that stuff is true. But he was good in run fit. So that means he's in the right spot. Somebody's in the right spot. You can teach him how to finish. Uh, good in zone. You know, I thought that was one thing he did pretty well. He was sure. good in zone coverage, but he's an absolute liability in man in man coverage. So that's something the Niners are moving towards. But in the third round, you could develop it, right? And then I thought he was very good at deciphering what the offense was trying to do. You could see him. He's in his back pedal, and then he just sees what play is going to come, and he flies out, and he ends up making a play two or three yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Uh, that's great recognition for him. That was something that I really liked. Um, but you're, but the thing that I didn't like was as, as athletic as he was, his hip flexibility, his bend, the way he was able you know, to sure. flip his hips and run wasn't as good as I would have liked. So I really do like Nick Cross. And in the third round, I think he's a bang-up selection. That's a very nice pick for them. Uh, but I think 93 would be a, a reach a little bit, um, and you definitely don't touch him with 61. So I think it's it's pretty much 105 would be the kind of the sweet spot for Nick Cross if the Niners were interested in going safety. I like that a lot, and um, you know that back end of the third, kind of getting into that fourth round area is kind of really where I like his potential, and I like where his value is. If you start having to go any earlier than that, it's like, well, you can get a guy that has more impact. There, are, there are more players at more positions that can have immediate impact for your team than Nick Cross could potentially have, because he's going to have to kind of carve out his way right now on the special teams area in order for him to have an, a major impact on this roster, on this 53-man roster in year one? This is one of my issues with the 49ers going safety in this draft. I think beyond going someone developmental, I don't know if you're going to be able to get an impact player that can help your team right now. They have Jimmy Ward under contract. They have, you know, Talano Hufanga, uh, Tarverius Moore, and then they signed George Odom. So they have a pretty good contingency of safeties, and you always have the potential to bring Jaquiski Tart back. He's actually not getting, you know, the respect he deserves on the open market because I thought he played pretty well last year. Um, so they could do that. So they don't have to go safety. I think it's one of the big time guys and then or one of the developmental guys. And I wonder where Nick Cross fits in that, because there's going to be a lot of talented players that can impact your team in a different way, sitting at 93 and 105. Um, but I think he's one of those guys that's talented. And I've seen Lou say we need, don't need any box safeties. He's right. We don't need any more box safeties because we have Hufanga. He, he's going to he handles that. The difference between Cross and Hufanga, though, Hufanga is lacking the speed. Cross has the speed. Um, what Cross is, is lacking as far as Hufanga are the same things, except Cross has the speed. Similar players, uh, but Cross is faster. Uh, but what? that's why I don't know if you select him there. I would, I mean, besides Petrie and Woolen, as far as players, 
Um, I'm not huge on taking a player like this early as far as safety. I mean, I'm in the same boat as you, man. I, I really want to talk myself into, into safety. I want to more than anything, because I think it's a hole, especially with no tart. Like, I think it's, it's a glaring hole with a lot of questions. A, oh, you think it's a glaring hole? I think it's a glaring hole with a lot of questions. <clears throat> okay. Because I just, I don't, I haven't seen enough from the other pieces to, to feel very comfortable with it. Um, that being said, we had a glaring hole going into last season with cornerback depth. Um, I thought we had two guys who could start, and I liked KY on the slot, but if any one of those guys went down, I was sitting there going, you know, we got, we got problems. I think we have depth with the secondary position. I think there's a lot of guys who are good plug-and-play guys. The problem is, is we only have one bona fide starter, it feels like, right now at this moment. So it's sitting there, it's like sitting there going, can you get another? Can we re-sign? Is Tart going to be the guy that we bring in? This is where I think the Niners are kind of looking at things. I think they like the options they have and that they're fine with maybe a rotation of guys playing different responsibilities and roles this upcoming season, hoping that one of them can, at some point, maybe make the role and the position stick and be theirs, like earn it for sure. But I think they would like to draft a developmental guy, which would mean later, right? I think they'd like to be able to move on from Chukwiski Tart, get younger at the position, get a guy they can mold into being their everyday guy. But I don't, I don't know if, uh, if they don't necessarily hit on that guy in this draft, they may go the Tart route. Um, I think that's what leaves the safety room like kind of so much up in the air, and why it's so maybe hot or cold with 49ers fans in this draft. Yeah, and I seen that Jay Ellie brought up Jaquan Brisker, and the reason we're not talking about Brisker. He's probably going to go early, you know, early second round, maybe even late first round. Very talented football player. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we're not considering him. We don't think the Niners would make that move up to to go ahead and get a Brisker, but a very talented player. And there's a lot of players, including Hamilton, that's, I mean, extremely really good. Um, so I'm, I think that there are players that are are that we're going to talk about still that I like. Um, but yeah, I think this is one of those interesting places because like you see people in chat saying at 93, I would go edge and that was William Roberts. So I think that there is a little bit of a thought on what positions are really have that much value and how good Tarverius Moore and, uh, Hufanga actually are. Uh, agreed with you there. And look, we're getting a lot of good names here from chat. Rome, the upsetter just brought up Verone McKinley he brought up, uh, he was talking about Javon, uh, Javon Holland from last season. Uh, but he brought up Kobe, uh, Kirby Joseph, excuse me, Verone McKinley and JT Woods. Let's start with Kirby Joseph. Safety Illinois, the fighting Illini ant, known for the secondary, known for guys who've translated fairly well to the league. How do you feel about this gentleman? Yeah, Kirby Joseph, six foot one, two hundred and three pounds. Uh, first thing I wrote down was special teams ace. You watch any of the film, you start mm-hmm. seeing him play gunner. He's flying down there, he's making tackles. That's an instant impact for a football team in a way that he can make the roster. Um, he makes plays. He's just a guy that just makes things happen. So he's going to fly around. He's going to make things happen. And then I thought he had really good eyes. Uh, he he knew where things were. He could he could focus on what he needed to look at and what his reads were and then get to it. Um, he, but he's not that great at run fits. Uh, he no. wasn't a guy that was in the right locations. And when he, you know, when he went up to make plays, he would overrun it. Uh, so he was somebody that I was like, wait a second. The 49ers count on their safeties to be very impactful in run fits, and he wasn't doing that. Um, so he's somebody that needs work. And I've seen the the value on him be as high as, you know, in the 60s and 70s. Um, I don't put that value on him because of the things that he does doesn't ultimately match up right now with what the Niners need. Uh, so I think he's a, deve- a guy that needs some development. But if they're drafting him to develop and for special teams, like if he slipped into the fourth round, then I would take him. Fair. Uh, fair there with this guy because uh, look at the coverage skills is where this guy shines on tape amp what's the things I like about him um, it is not the run situations it's not run fits it's not being in the right spot uh, in fact and he felt like a last line of defense 
safety is what he felt like on film when watching him. Mm-hmm. He's not someone who's flying up into the box to necessarily be making tackles. And when he is flying up into the box, he's usually not in the best possible position to make said plays. So I, I like Kobe Kirby Joseph in terms of coverage ability. The things that he did in zone coverage, like you said, eye tracking. He's also very good with lateral movement fluidity. Um, there were times where he would show, he, he sees a quarterback looking left and he's moving left with a guy knowing the guy has an in-breaking route, setting up, giving the look of, hey, there's going to be this window here that you can throw into. And he's very, he very easily transitions from moving laterally, left to right, right to left, back and forth. And so he's able to create a lot of tip, tips, deflections, tough catches, and some interceptions, especially in the red zone. Those are all great things. I love those things. But the Niners have relied on their safeties to also come up and make run tackles, right? Be guys who are involved, aggressive, and assertive in the run. He seems like he's a willing tackler, but I don't know if he's necessarily a good scheme fit in terms of coming up and being a run-stopping force in the box. And that's why I have pause. Right. That's why I have pause with it. And that's why I like, like kind of what you said, right? Letting this thing fall, the further this gets away from, you know, pick 93-105, the better. The better for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I agree with that. And I seen uh, P. Merced. I have a late-round sleeper for Ant. Quinn Lake, UCLA, not fast, but makes plays. Oh, and he's Carnal Lake's son. Um, the funny thing is, so I was on I was on Lake before. Quentin Lake is somebody I watched before the Combine. I watched him today, actually. So I got to watch some Quentin Lake today, so I'm very <laughs> fresh on Quentin Lake. As a late-round guy, like P. Murray is saying, that is a very, very solid choice because he's a guy that just knows what's going on, right? <laughs> I'm not going to break him down too much, but um, he knows what's going on, and he's he understands what his roles are. Um, so, yeah, for sure. If you're thinking about taking safety late and you know you do take safety in those positions where they can help with special teams, uh, those compensatory picks in the sixth, uh, Mr. Irrelevant in the seventh, if he was able to fall that far, that, w- that would definitely be a hotbed for Quentin Lake. I like it. I'm going to have to watch yeah. some more Quentin Lake. Yeah, you should. It's I'm fun. Gonna, I'm going to need to watch some more Quentin Lake. He's smart. He's a super smart player. Well, hey, you know how yeah. you know how we like our smart secondary players. That's one, one of our favorites. William Roberts just brought up Reed Blankenship. We can get around to Reed in a little bit. We actually like Reed Blankenship around here. I think it was Jay Elliott that asked about Jalen Watson from Washington State. Do you guys think he can translate transition to safety? I don't think I've watched a lot of Jalen Watson film. Yeah, you know what? I haven't really gotten into Jalen Watson, so Jay Ellie, I will definitely be turning on uh, Jalen Watson here in the next couple days. Uh, if I can turn him on tonight, then I'll talk about it in the in the Q and A episode on Thursday. Mm, um, there it because is. or maybe even tomorrow, but it's going to be packed. But I, I would love to watch that because I am looking for cornerbacks that potentially could translate to safety because I think the Niners are doing that. They were talking to Webb um, from I think believe it's Montana State. True. Um, so they are doing things like that. So I think whenever the Niners start doing that, pay attention to what they're doing. It could be pulling attention off or there could be going a certain route. And one of the ways that that could be going is that they're looking for a more coverage style safety to put along with Jimmy Ward. It's, it's true. They could be going that type of route, that type of direction. And um, especially if you don't feel like you need any more box safeties because you have a bunch of guys who fill that role. Looking for a guy who can get out there and cover in space. Yeah. Um, Rome the Upsetter is talking more about Verone McKinley. He's he's saying he's heard Earl Thomas type safety. I don't know about that necessarily. I did see that. I did see that equated to actually. They said the coverage of Earl Thomas. Okay. That's yeah. that's slightly that's slightly better because I don't think his overall game necessarily translates to Earl Thomas mm-hmm. in and of itself. Um, what did you like most about him? Because I did think I did see some good things from him. I think that he's an efficient tackler. I even liked how he, for the most part, the the games that I watched, a couple of games that I watched of his film, I thought that he filled 
run scheme, like his gaps in the run scheme, he filled those areas. He doesn't always necessarily make the best players in there dominating or destroying guys, but I think he knows where he's supposed to be and he's in the right spots. Like you talked about earlier, right? If you're in the right spot, you can clean up the rest of it in terms oh, yeah. of being in space and being willing. Uh, what did you like about Verone McKinley? And where do you think this makes sense if you're the Niners? Yeah, Verone McKinley was somebody that I was really excited to watch. And he's five foot ten, 198 pounds from Oregon. Um, so he doesn't have like, you know, the height normally that you would see from a safety, but the size is pretty good. The first thing I noticed was the ball finds him. Um, he doesn't just find the ball. The ball finds him. A fumble will all of a sudden roll over to him. He'll knock it to himself. Uh, the overthrow, he intercepts it. So he's always finding a way to get the ball. He closes quickly. So he's able to put his foot in the ground at that 45, get up and press the receiver real quick when the ball's in the air. I really like that about him. And then he's a very good single high safety. So if you're playing in the cover three, he's got a lot of range. He can cover sideline to sideline, hash mark to hash mark. I like that. The question I, I have for him sometimes is his physicality in the run fits. When he comes up, he has to go extremely low. He's an ankle biter. He has to get after these guys that way. And I wonder if that can hold up. But the playmaking ability is there from a safety. If you're going to task Jimmy Ward with playing in the box, Rome McKinley could play the other half. He could mm -hmm. take over what Jimmy Ward's role has been. You could put him in the slot and he could hang in there. Uh, he's a very talented player. I understand the coverage part of the Earl Thomas comparison. The run part is not there. Thomas no. could do it all, um, and and he can't do it all right now. Could he develop? Yes, potentially. Put more weight on his frame, potentially, because he is pretty slight. Uh, but, yeah, I think that if you're looking for a guy that creates turnovers, for some reason, this guy's a ball magnet. He is. That's actually ball magnet was in one of my pros. Yeah. It was the last thing I wrote down for this guy. Um, the bull finds him. He, he somehow finds a way to be in the right spots. Um, be in in position um, and part of it too and may be the fact that you had KV on Thibodeau down there and, and talented edge rushers causing quarterbacks to throw under duress and because this guy's putting himself in the right positions if quarterbacks throwing under duress he's able to go up and make plays or at least be in a position to make plays and he's coming down with them well we got some talented edge rusher named Nick Bosa I don't know if you all heard of him TCC or not wait but he's good he's apparently he's oh, pretty okay. good apparently he's gonna command like 30 million or something the next few years uh no, go ahead and start. It's going to start going up 35, my bad. There, 32 there and a half, 33, the, whatever it ends up yeah. being. 30 plus million dollars. Um, look, I think if you, this guy, don't get me wrong. Every player has limitations, right? Every player has those things about their game that are great and some areas that, that aren't so great. The physicality is the biggest concern with this guy. He definitely could stand to put on some muscle mass and get a little bit thicker all right, and be able to at least, maybe not lay the boom, but be able to withstand said boom when it comes his way. But the rest of it, I don't have as many concerns about. I did like his coverage a lot. I'm a little confused why some places have him as low as they do. I've seen him as high as in the top 100 and as low as in like the 200s on some sites with some places. I, I think he's overall a very good fit. I think he would make sense in San Francisco, especially if you're looking to get a guy who's a better cover fit as a safety than maybe the traditional box guy that they've been uh, targeting the last couple seasons yeah what's going to be interesting is he's probably going to go between 105 and 134 true uh so the 49ers would have to decide if they were going to trade back from 105 to select him as a safety or if they were going to come up from 134 that could be something to keep an eye on as we move forward into the draft if they don't address it early maybe they would go this route later um i don't i'm not sure this is that guy because from so, so far what i've seen when they're talking to safeties they're usually the big physical safeties that they've been talking to or guys who are really tall that can help in coverage uh, that's why I've I've kind of you know keyed in on a couple of guys, but um, he he's a solid player. And if the 49ers went Oregon again, would that really shock anyone? Because when they go when they watch film on one player from a school, 
more than likely they're going to end up ending up with somebody else from the school as well. Uh, so I'm sure they're, you know, well, well thought about and well, well versed on this guy. They are hundred percent well versed yeah. on this guy. And this is definitely a name to be keeping on. If you're a 49ers fan, I'm seeing a lot of different stuff here. Lou, sorry guys off today's target. My crush is to move up and get an impact edge or wide receiver out of this draft. And if Lou, that's your crush, then you would have absolutely fell in love with my mock draft. I did a little bit earlier today in which I'm playing around with trades. I was able to trade up and get myself boy Mavi and Christian Watson and keep pick 105 of all things. Yeah, you think that's impressive, but you didn't see what I pulled off on my last mock draft. Did you so. finally figure out the formula answer to I, move up? I, I just worked out something. And let's just say this. I got impact players for Trey Lance um, and still got an edge rusher later. Oh, even better. Yeah, but I did walk away with in the same draft Christian Watson and John Mechie. Oh, I love you. Yeah, and just <laughs> just just called it just called it fun, and and I also walked with D'Angelo Malone as well. Oh, solid. I, I was feeling good. I I got myself a, a center in the future because uh, I got Alec as well. So oh, did you get him at like what one eighty one? No, one fifty. No, I was moving all around. I was okay. trading up. I was trading back. I I was John Lynchin. I love it. Yeah. And, uh, let's just hope we get some more of that John Lynchin come the actual draft go. time. More more drafting and moving up. And Gary, you're right. Uh, hit that like button right now. We're sitting at twenty one. Let's get this thing up. There's 30 of you here. Let's get to 30. Get to 30 likes. Get us nine more. We appreciate that. And let's move on from Verone McKinley, a guy the Niners have to be familiar with because they spent some time looking at Oregon gentlemen last year. Let's take a look at Brian Cook out of Cincinnati. This is a guy and a name that 49ers fans and TCC members in the chat have been talking about. A few of them have brought it up. Someone brought it up a little bit earlier as well. But this is the gentleman I was referring to, Ant, that looks like he's got some mobility issues because when I watch that film, I see stiffness a lot. I do like a lot of the things that he does. I think that he tackles very well. He comes up in space. He's got very high IQ. I like him in coverage. I just have concerns about fluidity and movement at the next level. Okay, this is where we're gonna we're gonna break and we're gonna we're okay. gonna go opposite directions. Okay. Uh, Brian Cook is a star player for me. Six oh my. Two hundred six pounds from Cincy. I, I liked a lot of things that he did. Uh, great instincts. He's a big hitter. He plays long. Um, he drives on the football and he's good in run fits. Yeah. Those are all things he does really well. My questions about him are as in deep coverage. So when he gets put into deep cover situations, he can lose track of a receiver. That was something I was concerned with. But this guy absolutely pops on film. He jumps. Uh, I liked him a lot. I had I didn't have as many questions with the athletic ability that you have uh, with the hips and the fluidity. To me, it looked like when he was in his back pedal, he was able to flip his hips and get going. Uh, so I really like him a lot. I, I think... Uh, in fact, for me, he was moving up boards. And if he went 105 to the 49ers, I would think that was an excellent selection. I don't know if I necessarily hated at 105. Um, the big thing for me is is just mobility and athleticism and coverage and space, deep coverage. Because I don't have as many questions with this guy in the box. I did I did like his IQ. The thing you brought up with, with the intelligence and run fits, being in his spots, um, you don't have concerns with that with Brian Cook. Uh, for me, it's more of just speed and getting off some blocks at times. It looked like at times... He didn't shed or didn't get off as, as get off some blocks that I thought he could have done. Now, granted, it's a lot easier in hindsight to watch film, see leverage angles where the running back is going to be going and being like, "Hey, you probably could have made that play there if you were a little bit better off getting get being able to shed and get off of blocks and space." Uh, so, real easy for me to sit back and and judge and critique, but we'll see. I do think he would fit in the Niners scheme. His skill sets do translate. I just wonder about the top level potential of what he could be. You you got to look at coachable things. Um, if if these the things that are his weaknesses are coachable things, then you're happy about it. If they're physical things that he's never going to be able to improve on, then then you got to think that those are red flags. But if they're coachable things like hand placement, getting proper angles, being able to shed blocks, um, you coach him up, and then you have a extreme talent that can do the things that you want him to do. 
Uh, so that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for those extreme uh, traits. And one of those things is intuition. And he knows where to be. And when you know where to be, uh, you can overcome physical limitations if you see him. I didn't see this them the same way you did. But um, like I said before, in the eye of the beholder, some players or some people see it, some don't. True. Um, and some, I mean, that's just the way it is. And I just see him as an extreme scheme fit for the 49ers. And I'd be willing to go that route. Hey, and I'm not going to blame you there because I do see the traits that you're talking about that make him a scheme fit. So we'll see what the Niners decide to do. And uh, who knows, man? I would I would love to be wrong on another pick, and it would be great. Because yeah. hey, when when you when the Niners hit on guys that you think they maybe shouldn't go, um, it, it's even better, right? Because then it allows you to start looking at potentially draft prospects as well a little bit differently. Because you get to look at the things that they saw, right? What they what they knew about it, and what they believe they can mold. And once they prove they can mold something that maybe didn't fit, Aaron Banks is a perfect example of this. If this ends up panning out and working out, it changes how you start looking at certain prospects in the draft because. Yeah, they may not possess those certain types of skill sets, but they're able to mold certain things and change certain things about a way, the way a player plays to make it fit their scheme. Well, now the doors to a lot of different players open and the avenues for how to draft become endless. Yeah, the, the question is, are you are you going to draft the guy for what he is or what he could be? Correct. Uh, the draft is about potential. So you're going to draft somebody for what they could be. You want to see you know their their potential and then go off of that. Uh, sometimes that bites you in the butt because a player doesn't reach their potential. Sometimes it's not because of anything you did, but because that player wasn't willing to make the necessary sacrifices. And then sometimes it's because the coach isn't good enough at you know teaching him and helping him develop. Uh, it can go both ways. But when it does marriage, you get a, a Fred Warner type situation. Uh, you take a player that maybe doesn't fit the normal linebacker mold. You grab him, you put him into the linebacker uh, position, and then he's able to become an all-pro. So when you when you have that, in, it, it all couldn't happen, of course, without D'Amico Ryan's the excellent coaching. Uh, but that's what happens sometimes. you got to hit the right guys. So you get an idea of what these coaches and front office people are looking for in their scheme, and then you just try to go off of that. Hey, that's that's important. Hey, Donald Johnson just asked, what do you guys think of Lewis Sign? I think he's going to be a guy who goes in the top end of this draft, either first round end yeah. or second round. I did uh, like early. him, if you want a little quick breakdown. Yeah. I, I went ahead and watched him. Uh, 6'1", 199 from Georgia. I thought his hand usage was fantastic. Good he shot. would knock balls out. He would grab wrists. Um, he just put his hands in the right positions. He's very quick, and he closes super fast. Stupidly fast. Yeah, stupid fast. But he tackles really high. I mean, he goes and tackles people really high. And for his size, I was a little concerned about that. But this guy is for sure, the flashing-wise, into the first-round talent for sure. Won't be there at 61. Uh, but very impressed with, with him as a player, for sure. Uh, extremely impressive as a player, man. Uh, Leon O'Neal Jr. out of Texas A&M. Have you watched any of that? Yeah, I watched a lot of Leon O'Neal, right, actually. Right. Um, I have a aggressive. I, I felt aggressive. I haven't watched yeah. as much on O'Neal as I've watched on some of these other guys. But the first thing that stood out in my mind was aggression, getting in after things. Uh, at times felt overly aggressive, but that was only off of a handful of games watched. Yeah, he's a downhill player. I mean, that's what he is. He gets downhill real quick. Uh, he's good in the box, and he's physical. Those are the things I wrote down. There were some things that show out on film that are different from the combine. So I actually watched him on film and then went and watched his combine because I had saw a clip of it before. Um, on film, the hip fluidity, I don't see it. Like, I think he, he looks stiff. Um, the recognition of route concepts is a little slow as well. But with the hip fluidity, when I went back and watched his combine, the hips look good. So I don't know if he's developing that, if he's getting better in that area. 
or if it's something that he just doesn't translate what he can do on a practice field to the game. That is, that's a good question that we're going to have to find out. But at six foot, 204 pounds, he has a good size and athleticism. And if you're looking for a guy that's going to rock your world, this is one of those guys. He gets in there and he hits people hard. Uh, so if you're wanting a guy that can play in the box, he can do that. The question is for the 49ers, is this guy better than Talano Hufanga? Is this guy basically Talano Hufanga? Um, that's a good question. I think, in fact, Hufanga is more instinctive and has a better understanding of the route concepts uh, right now. So, But I, Leon O'Neill is an, an interesting prospect because I, I want to know how that translates from practice to game. Uh, HR uh, gave us a nice hip-shaking uh, gentleman, and hips don't lie. There you go. Thank so, you, Shakira. So hips don't lie. Appreciate yeah. that from Shakira. Uh, and Leon Leon, Leon O'Neill, is an, he's an interesting one. He, yeah. he is. Um, I, I started watching it more recently in the last week and a half or so. Um, he was a guy that I originally kind of skipped over and just because there's a, a handful of names and prospects and wasn't sure where he was going to be. Once I started watching that film a little bit, I just saw aggressiveness. I saw a guy who flashed. I saw a guy who flew around and sometimes overly aggressive and that can play some things, but that plays into the instinct thing that you were talking about. Uh, someone with natural instincts will know when to pick and choose in his moments and his spots, when to be aggressive and when to, you know, just play his responsibility back, his role. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so that is also something that maybe with time and an opportunity and, and more exposure, I guess he could develop into that. But typically if the instincts aren't necessarily there to understand that, uh, that's harder to, that's harder to teach. Instincts is harder to teach. That's usually something naturally that you start to pick up and understand the more you play the sport. Yeah. You see players that are more instinctive than others. Uh, a lot of that will come from your instincts are unlocked as you feel comfortable in the scheme. If you feel comfortable with what you're looking at. So if you understand what your role is and then what the offense is going to do, it will unlock your instincts and you'll be able to operate. So you don't know for sure if that's something when you say a player's instinctual, if that's going to translate, but usually it does. Um, so being these players being intuitive and understanding what's going to happen or understanding route concepts is something that's important. Uh, it, it could develop if they get a better understanding in the NFL, but that's not one of the things that normally translates at the level of some of the other character things that you could teach. Uh, fair enough. Man. Fair enough. I like that a lot. Who's another guy? Who's another name coming up here on this list that you're liking and thinking the Niners need to consider this. Um, definitely at this point, we're getting to more towards developmental guys, guys who check maybe a couple boxes or, as you like to say around here, Ant, that elite trait. They have that elite trait. They have that thing that, uh, you know, you want to be keeping an eye on. Who's another gentleman in the safety room? Uh, I think JT Woods from Baylor. Uh, 6 to 195 pounds. I really like JT Woods. He's very long. I mean, when he when you say 6'2", I mean, he looks 6'2". Long arms. Uh, he's able to flash and make plays. I wrote down he was very instinctive, very fast, and a playmaker. Uh, that's what he looked like on film. I and mean, this is a guy that was more talented than where people have him slotted. I really liked him a lot. I thought he fit the mold of potentially what the 49ers are looking for for a running mate opposite of Jimmy Ward. Now, do I believe he could start year one? No, but I think in year two, this guy could slide in there and be one of those guys because he has the size, the speed, um, and the ability to read what he's looking at. So, um, And the other thing I really liked was his change of direction. For somebody 6'2", you don't normally see him be able to, you know, change direction in a, you know, in a hiccup, in a, in a, in a snap. And he was able to do that. And so I think that he's going to be able to get in and out of his breaks really quick. He's going to be able to flip his hips uh, and run with receivers. So I like him. I, I think he's got a lot of talent. I did like the size matching up against tight ends and things if he gets put in the slot for those sort of situations. Correct. And and the speed is also there as well. This is a guy who who ran kind of in a four in the four three range. And so this is a guy who is quick. He's he's 
he, he feels explosive coming downhill and closing gaps as well. Uh, and the length helps when you're, when you don't necessarily have technique stuff completely cleaned up all the way, that leaves you susceptible, right? Leaves you vulnerable to mistakes, getting beat, biting on double moves, things of that nature. Uh, you can make up for some of that when you got top end speed. You can make up for some of that um, with long arms as well because you don't have to necessarily be as close in order to get in and break some things up. Um, and the length, he knows how to use it. He uses it to his advantage. He truly, truly does. This is not a guy who is a slouch or plays smaller than he is in space. And that's a big deal as well at the safety position um, because he could add a little bit more muscle to that mass as well and kind of bulk up a little bit more and maybe, maybe add some physicality, some extra oomph into that game that he already has. Um, I, I like a lot of the things that I saw from JT Woods, but I like even better is where he's slotted because there's some places that have him right in the middle in the 170, 150 range of this draft and some people that have him as far down as being potentially an undrafted free agent on some sites. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine the 49ers nailing JT Woods as their fifth-round pick this year? Um, potentially, he could be there at 174, and the Niners could, you know, reel him in. That would be a, an absolute, you know, bang-up job for them. So uh, that's there's some potential there, and I think he's a really good player. And if we're going to talk about potential, and we're going to talk about extreme height and length. We got to talk about Sterling Weatherford. There you go. Uh, uh, six foot four, two hundred twenty-four pounds from Miami of Ohio. This is a fun watch. I don't know if you got to watch a whole <laughs> lot of film with him, but he's physical. He's a playmaker, and he's long and can cover tight ends. Uh, a six foot four, two hundred twenty-five pound frame. The first thing I thought was, "Ooh, that's going to be a nice matchup against some of these tight ends." And the way that the, the league is going as a tight end, sometimes first league. Uh, putting these guys in the slot and that sort of thing. I thought, wow, this guy could match up. Now, at the Senior Bowl, he was asked to show some of his edge rushing abilities as well. And he was able to beat tight ends pretty consistently coming off the edge, which means I wonder how many teams are going to look at him as a 3-4 outside linebacker. Someone they could put m muscle on his frame, okay, and then and he could go do that. I'm so glad you just said this, because on my breakdown here, I have a question next to it. I literally I created a separate category box to type in a question. And the question is, could this guy play linebacker? Could this be a linebacker option? This feels like the type of guy the Niners would target, right? Former safety who could translate to linebacker. But do you need that? Do you need that if you're the 49ers? And maybe. Would, maybe. Well, Dre Greenlaw is going is, is in last year's contract because he's out here, is going to sign a one-year tender as a restricted free agent. Potentially, both of them could be gone. If you're getting this guy in the fourth or fifth round, uh, and you think you could develop him into a bona fide linebacker stud, you know, on the outside, then maybe that's a possibility. Um, but the versatility of him to be able to play safety and linebacker is something that's very impressive. The one thing I had concerns with him about, and this is something that's a little bit different from like uh, Fred Warner, for instance, is his hip flexibility, uh, where Fred is extremely athletic in that department. Um, Weatherford kind of looks like a six foot four guy at times. He kind of lumbers a little bit with the long legs. It's fair. Um, but I really do like him. And I, there needs to be a little bit more physicality there. The tackling needs to improve. So if he's going to play linebacker, the tackling really needs to improve. Uh, but yeah, I, I see that. They got, you know, Fred Warner, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, Aziz Al Shire, all former safeties. Uh, why not Sterling Weatherford? And the fact that he rushed off the edge and some teams asked him to do that means at least he's on the minds of some of these three, four defenses to play outside edge rusher. And True. potentially outside linebacker. True, and, and not just that, Amp, but this is a guy who's showing versatility and flexibility. If there's anything yeah. that that uh, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, and the 49ers front office and scouting department likes, Ant, uh, it is someone who is positionless. So if you can play a lot of different roles, then the Niners can find 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 his skill sets, fine tune them 
and turn him into the best weapon for the San Francisco 49ers rather than putting him into a box and putting him in a spot. There you go. So yeah, Anta, like that. Like that there. Smoke Monday. We hear a lot about Smoke Monday on this channel. Yeah. A lot of people like Smoke Monday, and some of it is just the name. Uh, just the name. They like the smoke and they like the Monday. Uh, and some of it is play. Where do you land with Smoke Monday? Is it a name thing? You just love the marketing potentiality for Smoke Monday? Or is it a little bit of both, the play there, and the name? There were some things about Smoke Monday to like. Uh, Smoke Monday, six foot one, 277 pounds out of Auburn. Uh, he has good length. He played downhill when I watched him. Like He was aggressive at getting after it. Um, he does his job. Like That's one thing you never have to worry about is he always accomplishes his job, and he has good eye discipline. So I, I like those about him. Um, there were other things that I didn't like about him. He didn't look like a very great athlete out in space. Uh, his change of direction, not a huge fan. The flipping of the hips, not a huge fan of that. Um, so I think those were some things that need to be worked on. I question sometimes how good of a tackler he was. There were games where he was very good. There was other games where it, it wasn't all there. Um, so I think that Smoke Monday is a, a nice end of the end of the draft type draft pick. You're getting into late fifth, early sixth. I think it's Smoke Monday territory as far as talent wise. Um, but yeah, all the all the t-shirts and things write themselves. All the slogans, uh, all the dispensaries are very happy about this potentially. Um, especially if he became a big time player and played on Monday nights. Uh, very true. Answer. Yeah. Uh, very true indeed. Uh, look, I, I do question some of the IQ stuff with him in terms of being in the right spot at times. Yeah. Um, but everything that you just brought up with him is is things that I liked as well. I think he's very aggressive as a, as a tackler. I don't necessarily think he's always in the best spots or maybe with the best technique getting in there into position to make said tackles or put himself in the best possible situation to bring guys down. But he's aggressive. He wants to put himself in, in play and in those yeah, positions. That's true. So if you're a coaching staff and you feel like, hey, we can fix and work on some of these things. Hey, there's something here that can be molded. Um, this guy wants to come down and hill and hit. Uh, this guy isn't afraid to to put himself and take some some difficult angles or put himself in some in some tough spots. And we feel we can get the rest of that cleaned up. Then this would make sense late in this draft if you're the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and maybe it's a route that you want to go. But again, looking for guys that can do a lot of different things, right? Some versatility. Maybe you don't feel you need something like this. Maybe you don't feel you need uh, another box type guy or another guy who can come in in the run fits. Maybe you want someone that's a little bit more cleaned up in coverage. Um, and if that's the case, maybe maybe Smoke Monday wouldn't be an option for San Francisco. Yeah, maybe. And there's a guy that maybe does it a little bit better than Smoke Monday, and that's Yusef Corker uh, from Kentucky. Six foot, 203 pounds. Um, the same aggressive style. I mean, Corker gets after it. Um, he's good over the top, though. Something that's a little bit different from Smoke Monday. He's better that way. And he comes up really fast. That's why I wanted to kind of equate those two players. I just believe Yusef Corker, because he didn't do it as long at Kentucky. Um, it, it, he, I know he's higher on boards, but I think he's a little bit better than Smoke Monday. So I wanted to kind of put those two guys together. But I like Yusef Corker uh, as a potential guy. To me, he's a Niner kind of guy. He's aggressive. He's physical. And he gets after it. True. Uh, David Campbell just said Smoke Monday needs to cover River Craycraft in all in the all name matchup. So there you go. I love that there. I love that there from David Campbell. Uh, uh, Power Fitness saying Monday is tough and scrappy with forceful nature to be physical at all levels of the field. He has good bulk uh, on his frame and aggressive and run support. So there you go. I love. Oh, you that can see well. the bulk on his frame. That's why you see le like less of the uh, you know flexibility and ability to kind of you know flip his hips and run. Uh, so yeah, you can see that for sure. Uh, very true. Uh, Fogies finally got power and internet on again. Glad to see you back in the chat, my guy. Coco Smooth said, Higby took our lunch money. We need someone who can cover a tight end. Yeah. yeah I mean, and that could be one of these guys early on, uh, or it could be as easy as putting a, you know, a, a different player on him. And um, 
maybe even a corner. You know what I mean? Going with an extra corner is something that you might want to do against these, you know, more athletic tight ends and not worry about going with the safety. So you might see some different sets eventually from the 49ers. Uh, Dante Johnson might be somebody to keep an eye on because he did play some safety last year. And if they feel like he could transition into being a, a guy that can go in there and play on a tight end, they might roll with that. Uh, you were not wrong there, Ant. You, yeah. you were not wrong there. That definitely could be an option and a way that the 49ers take a look at this position and take a look at uh, those gentlemen. What about Marquise Bell from Florida A&M? This was a very interesting watch for me as well. I liked a lot of the things that I saw from him. And there were some other things I had some concerns about. And also, level of competition also stands out in my mind. How did, you, how did you feel about him? Did you watch a lot of him? Yeah, I did. I watched a lot of him. In fact, uh, once I got started, I, I really enjoyed it. He's a star player for me, Marquise I Bell. I like it, Ant. Um, 6'2", 212 pounds from Florida A&M. Uh, I thought he was a natural athlete, uh, good in run fits, and good in the box. Uh, he's got to develop his cover skills even more, uh, but I liked all the things around the box. Um, and then he plays long. I know he's six foot two, but he played even longer than that. Uh, that was something I really liked. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I thought he could get turned around a little bit, and he needed to get better footwork. Yes. Um, those were things that I saw that he needed to work on. But I thought that overall, this was my Jaquiski Tart comp. Okay, thank God. I'm so glad you said yeah, he looks gentleman. like he looks like Tart um, to me on film, especially around the box. I know the coverage skills need to improve, but yeah, this is a guy that reminded me of him for sure. Okay, this is this is a guy that every time I watch film, I fall a little bit more in love with him than I already have. Right. Um, every time you watch the film with him, he's everywhere. He he seems like he's in on every yep. single play. He's That's never true. out of position. He's never not involved. Um, this was a guy who was the leader of this Florida A&M defense, and it shows on every single snap. You don't have concerns about toughness with this guy, grit with this guy, willingness, want, desire, all of those things, like the intangible stuff, shows up in the film on every single snap, on top of the fact that he's making plays behind the line of scrimmage, blitzing off the edge, coming in on run fits, making big plays. Yes, there are concerns about coverage. Yes, there are some technique things that can be cleaned up, and he can work on footwork. He can work on being in a little bit better position at certain times with certain different things. But this is a guy who was a highly touted recruit, went to a small school, stood out at said small school, sh has shown flashes of being a guy who is a leader and, and a guy who, you know, has taken the took took the brunt of the responsibility for the defense on his shoulders and has come out the other side, probably a much better version of himself. And you get him into San Francisco with this defense, with this coach who can do a lot of different things. And he played in a role that incorporated a lot of different coverages and fields. I mean, they, they disguised a lot there at Florida a and When I was watching film, there's a lot of different things and a lot of moving around with said safeties. What do we see a lot on film from the 49ers? Moving around of said safeties. Yeah, and I mean, he's not going to start year one. He, no. He's going to have to develop. He can go out there, though, and help you on special teams because he's an absolute hitter and a good tackler. Uh, so, yeah, I like this guy a lot. And I'd be happy if the 49ers took him at some point in this draft. Well, look at and look at that Ant, from from uh, Brian Cook disagreement in terms of not you know not seeing the same thing out of the same guy to us both enjoying uh, this gentleman Marquise Bell out of Florida A yeah. and M. Cutback crew, let us know what you thought about all of the, of those two gentlemen that we just talked we talked about earlier, Cook and Bell. Ant, is there another another guy, another individual here? I know you had brought up. Quentin Lake, we're starting to get to a point where he starts to come up on boards. Do you want to go further into your Quentin well, Lake? We, we got we got to go into Reed Blankenship. I love it, Ant. I mean, we've had we've had conversations. Jay Ellie's brought up Reed Blankenship. Somebody else brought up Reed Blankenship earlier. Um, Reed Blankenship, six one hundred ninety six pounds from Middle Tennessee, and I actually had watched a lot of film of him last year leading in uh, because sure. he was leaning towards possibly declaring, and then he ended up going back. Um, but Reed has really good instincts. He comes up hard. And he can play special teams. Those were the things I really liked. 
Now, here's where it gets hairy. Reed Blankenship's athleticism is definitely in question. Um, <laughs> he's not super fast. He doesn't have a, a lot of you know quick twitch ability. He's not going to fly up on things as super fast. He changes directions, not there. And then the ball skill sometimes. Um, sometimes when he goes up and he's covering guys, he can get beat. I mean, there are, he's gonna he'll intercept the ball if it's around him. Don't get me wrong there. I'm just saying that if it comes down to receiver versus Reed Blankenship, receiver will probably win. Uh, but I, I like Reed as far as a super development player. Seventh round, Reed Blankenship, get him in there. Uh, see what he can do. He's a practice squad guy that could potentially develop into a nice special teams player for you. Uh, but anywhere earlier than that, I'm not going with my man Reed. But I did like his film. I thought he was a, a tough player that played hard. His his film is fun to watch. Um, you know, he's one of the all time leading tacklers at uh, Middle Tennessee State in the history of their program. So this is a guy Ant who is a season starter. He started there for a majority of his college career. Um, and in fact, he got some snaps and plenty of reps as a starter uh, in his in his freshman campaign as well when he was there at Middle Tennessee. So this is a guy who's played. He's played football. He's played Division One football. He's played at a high level. He's seen a lot of different things. So you don't have necessarily a learning curve with this guy in terms of understanding maybe concepts and schemes. It's just the other things, right? It's it's some of the coverage stuff. It's being able to extend, right? Extend deep coverage. That's one of the big concerns and questions with this guy is if you have, you know, a, a route and a quarterback who has time for a play to develop, is this guy going to be able to, to handle running the, 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 the distance that it's going to require right. to cover said, uh, said deep ball or said receiver? Um, if you're going to go more man coverage and maybe some cover two stuff, maybe this fits a little bit better into what his skill sets could be maybe. Um, but I agree with you on the back end of this draft towards the, the later rounds that this would make sense. I have seen him as high as 150 on some places boards. There are some places that are very high on what they've seen from him in terms of his, what his production could be or what they think he could potentially could turn into at the next level. But most of the time this guy falls kind of falls in and slots in around that late 250 300 range where he's either going to be a back end seventh round guy or an undrafted free agent yeah i mean i think he's got a lot of grit you know and he, he plays hard i'm not going to say anything i'm not going to sit here and just say a lot of negative things about him but um i mean that's where we're at in the draft right we're at that point where these guys are going to either be drafted late or they're going to be undrafted free agents that you want to bring in if they can compete and make your special teams carve out a niche for them a niche role uh and that's that's who he is um do i think he has potential to develop into something potentially um, but the Niners usually have a deep safety room, and they've brought in guys that do similar things that he already does. Um, but, you know, somebody's going to get a guy that's going to go out there and give him a lot of effort, that's for sure. Uh, you, you're not going to question the effort with Reed Blankenship, and there's no way you can do that. Uh, what about uh, what about Tyson Anderson? This is a name that constantly pops up uh, in mock drafts around that late end of back into that round out of Toledo. Have you watched any of him? I have not watched any Tyson Anderson. No. Okay. He, I mean, the, the, yeah. the big things are some of the skill sets that you like the long, the ranginess with this guy, let me a little bit bigger, bigger guy. Um, and he has kind of that hybrid linebacker feel to him. Um, so it's a guy that caught my eye because I know he's going at the back end. And if you're the Niners, you draft safety. Sometimes that could translate into linebacker uh, at six, two, two, ten. Um, some of the skill sets that I saw from him, I felt that this was a name that at least 49ers fans could keep an eye on. Maybe not as a safety prospect, but if they did want to address linebacker, maybe they feel this is a developmental guy that could do that tweener role and play both. No, if you want to talk about a guy that plays safety that could develop into a linebacker for the 49ers, and that's Bubba Bolden that too. Uh, out of Miami. Uh, six foot two, 209 pounds, uh, had some really good instincts and is a, a very instinctive player, a pretty good tackler, can get after it, but somebody that you know could develop in that role. 
Uh, so I think if the Niners were going to go that route, he could be potentially one of those guys. He's going to be available late. You won't really have to take a big risk. The 49ers have proven when they're going after those type of players, they don't take a risk. It's usually somebody that's undrafted. Uh, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, you know, is one of those guys. Aziz Alshire, another one. Uh, so they take chances on these guys late and then develop them into something special. Uh, I think that Bubba Bolden could be one of those guys. And then I can't, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up my guy, uh, Quentin Lake again, 61201 from UCLA. Um, I like the intelligence. I just thought he just knew where he was supposed to be. He was very disciplined in his roles. Um, what he lacked was the elite physical gifts that some of the guys that are at the position have above it. Um, but if you're looking for a guy that you know will be in the right spot at the right time, he's your guy. I mean, that's one of those things that I really like about him. He's He plays in the box. He'll play in coverage. Uh, he has good ball skills. Um, it's just not at the level of some of the guys in front of him. But he's a, he's a very good player. And I thought all around he was a solid, uh, solid draft pick. I like those names. And uh, someone from the cutback crew a little bit earlier had mentioned Quintario Cole. I think it's at a, is that Louisiana or is that Louisville? That I'm not, I'm not sure. I have heard the name, but I have not watched any film on him. So TCC, let me know. Uh, I think it's Louisville. I think it's Louisville. Okay. I haven't watched a lot of him at all. Um, I, I've watched a smidgen of, of Quintero Cole. Uh, you and I have kind of focused a little bit more on those middle range guys at the safety position and, and not as much as getting deeper into this pool. So cutback crew, if Quintero Cole is your guy out of Louisville, let us know in the comment section right now what you like about him, and maybe we'll uh, check out some film and see what's going on with that gentleman. I figured I might as well bring him up because I saw a couple of the cutback crew mention him, but I like the the, the two names that we kind of ended on here and that you brought up. Uh, Quentin Lake, watching a little bit of his film, not as much, and Bubba Bolden is, I don't know, maybe one of the ones I wanted to talk about in Sleeper Gems, and maybe I'll get into that when we get the time because I do like me some Bubba Bolden out of Miami. Yeah, I mean, Bubba Bolden probably would have been higher up last year. I mean, that's true. Just how it was. Um, and now he's, you know, falling down boards, but he's a still a, a physical specimen. He's got a lot of a potential there and somebody's going to land on him and then he's going to come in and compete. He's one of those guys that has dog, you know, and anytime you have those guys that have that about him, they have the potential to go in and make your roster. So uh, late round pick, you're looking for intangibles and you're looking for extreme gifts. Um, his could be that he's just so aggressive and he's going to give you everything he's got. Uh, that's one of the things you liked about Jawan Jennings as a receiver. You're going to get the same similar thought process out of Bubba Bolden playing the safety position. Very true, Ant. Very true indeed. Rome the Upsetter, as it said earlier, um, he had brought up and, and mentioned earlier about Adrian Colbert. If we thought this would be a good option for the 49ers to bring back into San Francisco, even if it's just for the 90-man spot, um, I don't know. I don't know if it would be or not. I, I know that he's reached out, right, to, to John Lynch, and he's been making the pitch. Um, the Niners haven't necessarily made a move in that direction. I don't know if it would happen. Yeah, he said he would come in and play just special teams. Uh, the thing with with Colbert is he's played you know over four accrued seasons, which means he's going to cost more money than somebody that hasn't. So when the foreigners are making their signings, a lot of times they're going to sign veteran players that cost even less money. And so right now Colbert is not on their radar. I, I think he would love that, and you know I think he's a good dude, and I thought he was a a a good player. Um, so he could be a guy that could come in and compete on the 90-man roster. I'm not telling you he's going to make the team because I think the four guys ahead of him are actually better than him. Um, but he he would be a solo guy to have in as a 90-man roster. But we'll see if the 49ers decide that they want to bring in a veteran safety at that point. They potentially want to use that money on a Jaquiski Tart because Tart wasn't that expensive last year. He played for basically the league minimum. And if you thought you, if you could bring in Tart for a couple million dollars, that's still a better option than to go with somebody you know, like Adrian Colbert. Fair. Uh, power finisher said Bolden has an NFL frame, strong hands, ability to close quick on underneath routes, and size to tackle with a thump. There you go. With a thump. I like it, power fitness. 
Uh, JLA saying Nick Grant from Virginia, question marks? I have not watched any of Nick Grant uh, from Virginia. I know I watched him like in games or whatever, um, but I wasn't focused on him. So I, I have not had any breakdown of Nick Grant. Nick Grant, not a name that I'm familiar with. Uh, JLA, if you hadn't said Virginia, I never knew, would have known what school he was from. That's how many prospects there are. In fact, at the safety position on a couple of sites, and including uh, Pro Football Network, Pro Football Network has safeties ranked all the way down to 834 Will Adams out of Virginia State. That's how many potential possibilities there are at the safety room. There's a lot of names to go through. So Nick Grant, uh, I'll put him on the list, JLA. I will put him on the list. There you go. That's all we can do. That's that's really all we can do. Uh, Lou, out. Thanks, guys. Great show. Lou, great to see you, my guy. Great to talk with you. I know safeties was not a position. Not a position that you're you're thrilled about. I know it's edge rusher. I know it's wide receiver. Uh, don't worry. San Francisco 49ers are feeling the exact same way. Yeah, I think so. I, I think safety is something they're going to look at in yeah at some point. Uh, but minus one of the big-time players being available at 61, I don't think that is the, the area they go. And when I'm saying big-time players... Um, one of those top end safeties would have to fall, or it would be Jalen Petrie or Tariq Woolen. And even then, I'm not sure they pull the trigger, depending on what edge rusher or wide receiver are there. Uh, they're going to look for somebody that can make an impact on their team. So it would have to be someone they felt could turn the tide for their football team. It would have to be someone that could start day one, make an impact day one. And I'm not sure one of these safeties that's going to be available is going to do that, because most of the time it seems like it's going to be Kirby Joseph or Nick Cross that's going to be available at that point. And I think you feel a lot more comfortable with them at 93 or 105. True. It does feel like right now that the Niners may be willing to roll with the guys they have currently on the roster, whether that's Odom, uh, whether that's Tarverius Moore, whether that's uh, Hufanga, right? As as the guy running opposite of Jimmy Ward to start the year off. Um, and maybe a mixture of those guys in different roles and different situations out on the football field. Uh, maybe it's a, it's a, right. It's a, it's a job or a task completed by committee at the safety room on the other spot opposite of Jimmy Ward. That could be the route the 49ers go. Um, however, if you do that as well, you are putting guys in positions where they may be on the field and not playing to necessarily a strength. So it's a risk one way or, one way or the other. Uh, but the Niners have shown they will take risk at, risk at certain positions. If they feel they have the dogs or the guys in-house who can get the job done, they're willing to make the risk and take the risk to build out the team in different ways. I still wouldn't count out uh, Jaquiski Tart coming back. Also true. I, I think Tart just makes a lot of sense for the 49ers. They value him the most out of everyone in the league. Uh, bringing him in where he's been a high school teammate with the player that plays opposite of him, but then played his entire NFL career with said player. There's a tremendous amount of chemistry there. And I thought last year in D'Amico Ryan's defense that both, you know, Jaquiski Tart and Jimmy Ward played really well together the way they're so interchangeable. Um, and the questions with Tart is always just injury. But if you've done a good job of making sure you insulate yourself behind him with Yahoo Fonga and George Odom and Tarverius Moore, uh, then you don't have to worry about the potential of him getting hurt. You have somebody that can slide in and get it done. So I, I think that Tart is still potentially that guy. He's going to be a cheap option, but could stabilize the back end of that room and push it down a little bit more where you could decide on getting a safety you know, next year or the year after or potentially going after a different free agency at that point. Uh, very true and very true indeed. Shooter said, no one with the name Grant. Ant. Okay. I don't get it, but no one with the name Grant apparently. I guess no Grant Calcaterra for you. Oh, man, if that's the case, no Grant Calcaterra for you. I see, Shooter, I can't get on board with that. I love me some Grant Calcaterra at SMU. Yeah. I can't do it, my guy. I can't do oh. it. Oh. Uh, let's see here. I think the Niners will actually draft the best available player at 61 more than position, said Donald Johnson. Not wrong, I, except it depends on what you value as far as uh, – because you can't just say best available and then be a quarterback. You're not going to take a quarterback as the best available player. Uh, so I, I don't know about that all the way. 
But I think the the first one where best available meets you know positional opportunity, then yeah, I would say that's that's a good case for sure. Uh, it definitely would be a, a good case. We'll see what happens. HR saying resign Tart, get a nickel in the draft. Uh, that that it seems like the the easiest and the best yeah. option for the Niners. Yeah, I think so. I I mean the way I would handle it was bring back Tart, um, bring back Jason Verrett on cheap deals, and then and then also draft a nickel corner um early in this draft and give them the potential to come in and compete with Jason Verrett or Emmanuel Mosley, whoever was sliding inside, uh, but have a guy that's ready to roll. And then next year you do fully, you know, make that commitment to move on. And uh, that would give that guy a year, you know, to get experience playing in the NFL. Cause it's hard to go straight from college, uh, no matter where you play, no matter what program you were in and go straight into the NFL and compete at a high level against the receivers that are in this league and the quarterbacks that are able to do the things that they do. Uh, Matthew Stafford with his no-look throws and all that. It's ridiculous. So I'd rather have a veteran corner playing against Cooper Cup and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Um, but I understand if they have to go a rookie route, and there's a lot of good rookie nickels in this draft. Judas just letting you know, Ant, you got him. You got him, Ant. You got him. Uh, Jay Ellie's saying, did you guys talk about the Pittsburgh safety slash DB? And then he clarified D Mathis, Damari Mathis at a pit. Have you Have you... You remember this? I do remember this. You said this in the DB episode. He's one of my favorite corners in the entire, favorite nickel guys in the entire draft. I I absolutely love him. In fact, I can get his breakdown because I have it right here. Um, This is just one of those guys. I mean, he's he's a special player in my opinion. Um, Let's see. There he is. Since since the cornerback episode, I have watched more. I don't know about safety. I don't know about safety, Jaylee. I see what you're saying. Potentially. He's 5'11", 196 pounds. It, it's there. Um, physical, and then I wrote down a dog. Um, ball skills, drives well on the football. Uh, he was my favorite watch. My only problem with him, too handsy. Yeah. Uh, but I absolutely love him as a player. I think he's a, a solid draft pick. Um, I, I see where he's been kind of getting put in drafts, and I'm thinking 49ers uh, pick 174, potentially – uh, if Mathis is there, I'm I'm locking him up. I'm making that move. A toughness was one of the things that I got out of watching him. The yeah. way he plays, um, the the athleticism, I I liked it. I liked his athleticism. I've seen other people talking about his athleticism and saying they don't think it's sufficient enough. They don't know if it's top level, top tier. You don't have to be a top tier level athlete to make it at the next level. That's not that's not how it works. K1 Williams doesn't have top tier athleticism. Correct. Does it help? A hundred percent. It helps. It will always help to be yeah. more athletic. Um, and the football IQ is, it feels like it's off the charts, man. The, the more I watch him, uh, the, the variety of different coverages that he, that he watched, I started watching different games and different seasons of him as well. After I got familiar with this last year of film, he was asked to do a lot in a lot of different roles and a lot of different responsibilities. This guy seems very well versed and might be one of the more underappreciated names in this DB room coming up in this draft. Yeah. I hope no one keeps talking about him. I uh, just, just don't even talk about him. Just let us be the only ones that do it. Um, and this will be the last time he gets mentioned. Unless no, he won't because he's one of my favorite guys. I, I just can't not talk about him. He's a very good football player. He's aggressive. Uh, so I'm glad Jay Ellie brought him up because I really do like him a lot. Well, I'm glad Jay Ellie brought him up again, Ant, because I forgot I watched more film on him. I also forgot how much you loved him. So Jay Ellie, salute to you, my guy, yeah. because that makes sense there. Uh, Rome the Upsetter, any reason why Kobe Bryant is dropping in mock drafts? Yeah, scheme fit. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. When I watched Kobe Bryant, I thought he fit in a cover three type scheme. Uh, that was what he was really going to be good at and didn't really have all the man skills that I thought were necessary to play man coverage or press man coverage in this league consistently. Um, that's why I think that, you know, he's a good player, but I think he is a third round, you know, talent uh, player. Um, and this is one of the reasons that I, I think that when you're looking at the Cincinnati DBs, 
um they were all very similar um but that's why kobe bryant could be sliding a little bit is i think some of these teams are seeing him as more of a scheme fit than a guy that can do it all and if you can get a do it all corner early in the draft that's what you do because then you have no limitations on what you can run when you have guys who have limitations it's all great when you're running something you know in particular but then when injuries or things come your way or personnel grouping you're going against um you know put you in a bad situation you need to be able to switch coverages and we have scheme fit guys that can't do that uh, it limits the, what you're able to do and then ultimately you know how good you're able to do it fair um very fair indeed um, and usually when you got guys sliding in mock drafts it tends to be that type of thing people feel that the player is in a box or that you know they they are not as diverse or dynamic and so therefore they maybe they're not as useful or beneficial to what you could what they could add to your team um lindstrom is a guy who's falling down boards right now i don't get it don't get it because i don't think box when, when i look at him in terms of no. how he could play in the nfl and what kind of scheme you can put him in but teams may be feeling like he doesn't fit a role he can't translate necessarily to their scheme or maybe he's in a box with a zone scheme type offense that he won't have success anywhere else um and you know what in in those cases please keep feeling that way and let him slide down boards yeah there you go for sure. Please, please do. Um, yeah, there's some offensive linemen that I, I still haven't figured out why they're interior offensive linemen that haven't moved up the boards. Um, you know, as far as PFN goes, they, they, they have just not liked Dylan Parham. And then you see some of the other ones, you know, Cam Jurgens and uh Alec uh Lindstrom are way back in the in the late fourth, early fifth round. And shoot, I just saw some someone has now Cam Jurgens above Lindstrom. Yeah, no, that is happening on PFF. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, Cam Jurgens has jumped Alec Lindstrom. Um Jurgens in the in the in the fourth round, Lindstrom in the beginning of the fifth round. Uh to me, as far as scheme fit wise, um, I, I think both are bang up, but I like Lindstrom a lot more. So I would go that route. But both are good players and I would be happy with either one of them. And maybe potentially they're sliding to the point where now they make sense for the 49ers, where they could get somebody in that late fourth, early fifth round that could, you know, go in and play behind Alex Mack. Really? Like Creed Humphrey last year. Creed Humphrey was a fantastic prospect. It was it was him and Landon Dickerson as the the standalone centers in the draft. Both were very good players. Both could play guard, uh, and it it seemed like the 49ers weren't willing to go with a center that would slide to guard, and uh, they went ahead and and went with Aaron Banks. So we'll see how Banks ends up developing, and and potentially you know he's going to be a really good player. But that's crazy because Creed Humphrey is what wasn't all pro this year. Uh, as a rookie and he was very good coming out of oklahoma uh very good indeed Ant. so we're gonna see what happens uh look at the end of the day safety may not be a position that the niners address they may like the room they may be just be biding their time waiting to see what happens so they can bring back in a guy like jacuski tart have the money and capital necessary to go after and sign other guys and sign their yeah. draft picks the safety may not be a position that they're targeting but if they do we hope we've given you enough names that you feel comfortable with realistic safety prospects for the san francisco 49ers not these guys are going to go in the early part of the first round and not even necessarily a lot of guys who are going to go in that you know the that second round spot because there's going to be a lot of talented players there at 61 the niners could use to address to talk about different guys or address the team in different ways either help your young quarterback or hurt these other young athletic talented quarterbacks in the league that you're going to be facing because there's a lot of them yeah you need explosive playmakers that's what you need you need guys that can get after it and affect the quarterback in one way or the other, either in a positive way for your own team or in a negative way for the opposing team. And that's what it's about. Uh, and that's what I'm about, impact players with the elite traits. And that's what you're looking for in this draft. And there's some good, really good players in this uh, from every single position. There's, there's dynamite players and players throughout the draft that 
potentially aren't ranked as high as they should be, but maybe you can go latch onto them and they could become big time players for your team. I'm interested to see how the 49ers and the Adam Peters and the scouting department see it and which players end up locking up because we've had a lot of experience from the third round on um, three through six lately has been fantastic. So I am, I am curious how they, how they handle this and let's see what positions they target. That's very true. And uh, Tommy just asked, is it safe? It is now. Yeah. Yeah, we're not talking about safeties really anymore, Tommy. So if that's what you were referring to, then yes, it is safe. Safety talk is over. You can watch the replay if you'd like, Tommy. But you know what you could do, Tommy? You could let everybody know why they should be subscribing. Hit that subscribe button right now. We're trying to push our way to 3K. And we're on that quest for 3K, almost to 2,800, getting there. And uh, look, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up on this channel. And from draft parties, April 29th, 4 to 8 p.m. at Back Alley Brew to a wonderful 49ers War Room episode three tomorrow that there's going to be a commercial for at the very end of the episode that you don't want to miss. You should stick around to the end too because if you didn't hear already, if you didn't know, if you didn't watch the socials, we or if got, you weren't a part of the members only live stream where we talked about it last night. Or you didn't, yeah, you weren't a part of that last night. If you, you're finding out now, then Javish and Jordan Elliott will be on tomorrow for 49ers War Room episode three. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There'll be a 49ers War Room aftermath tomorrow as well after we get done with the third episode of War Room. So if you want to talk about said War Room mock draft, you want to talk about the decisions that were made with us, if you want to be on the show, you want the TCC and channel members to hear what you have to say, all you have to do is become a channel member today or join us over on Patreon. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was the cool part was a, you know, a couple of the patrons, you know, chimed in during the last Aftermath show. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. So if you're interested in doing that, you know, join. If if not, that's okay too. We appreciate everyone being here and being live in chat, and that's great. Um, just you know, more ways to interact, and that's what it's about. But yeah, we're super excited about Jordan Elliott and and Vish joining us for tomorrow's episode of um, War Room. I think it's going to be a great conversation and a different angle on things. I've seen some of the players that they've been they've been talking about, and it's a little bit different from what we saw from the other War Rooms, and you know, and a lot different from what Chapman and and Aponte were saying in in the first one. So. Um, more conversations, more different perspectives. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, very true. And and Jessica and Megan plugging it for us there. We don't need to plug it anymore. You <laughs> see them there in the chat. They are all over it and they are not wrong. Um, look, tomorrow is going to be a fun one. Uh, Vish and Jordan are both going to have a different take on this than, than everyone else we've had on this, which means more fun conversations and more way to dive, more ways to dive into this draft. And uh, yeah, stirring the pot, 100% stirring the pot. And who knows, Ant? Uh, maybe we can convince Jordan to just trade away the entire draft like he kind of already did once already. Yeah, he did have some fun and trade away every single one of his picks for pick 29 and took Boy Mafi. Uh, he could definitely do that, and that would torpedo the entire War Room <laughs> episode. Uh, or we just the reset button. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think it's going to be exciting because you know the young cats are going to get to to get after it, and we're going to have some fun f fun conversations. And I know me and you are going to pitch our guys. We're going to on the, the the table for our guys and they, they better choose our guys right they better they better if they don't choose our guys i'm throwing a fit yeah because chapman and aponte didn't really want to choose our guys no they didn't like no, it. no they had their own guys yeah and you know what i don't blame them for having their own guys yeah they're the gms right at the end of the day we're bringing you on to be the gm yeah um if you want to hijack and, and run with the draft you have every right to do so you're the general That's manager right. at that point in time uh we got to make some more pitches the last time around I like that. I like being able to make the pitches Ant and our guys getting selected. We'll see if Vish and Jordan, if it's 
that way or a little bit more towards the other and, direction? And I'm curious if the same players get taken, right? Because it was a big difference between Chapman and Aponte's War Room in, in Episode 1 to, um, you know, Bashar and... and um, oh, were you forgetting about Aaron from First Takes? Aaron. Four first Takes, yeah. I got you. Thank you. Um, it, it was it was different picks, right? Sure. There were a couple people that were the same, like Marcus Jones was one that was the same. Uh, Kalen Barnes as well was the same. True. Uh, so I, I am curious if that happens again with Episode 3. Look, one of these war rooms, and I'm going to put my foot down for Grant Calcaterra, I swear. I swear I'm going to do it. I'm going to put my foot down for Grant Calcaterra. Make the make the pitch. I have a feeling that the young cats are going to backhand you on that one. There's a good chance. It probably won't be this next episode. I'm not going to lie. It won't be, won't be the next <laughs> you're, one. You're waiting? I'm, I'm waiting. It's okay. got to be the right group of people. I made my Matt Ariaza pitch one, one pick too late yesterday. If I'd made it at 220, we walk away with Matt Ariaza. And I'm laughing because of the memes, because it just it's just great to, to draft a putter. I was not kicking draft. it with you on that. I one. know, you know well, first off, no one's going to kick it with me on that, and that's that's a okay. Uh, I'm doing it more for the for the giggles than anything else because I think it would be a funny thing to do. Uh, I also think there's upside there, but it doesn't necessarily help your team as much as you'd like that's to. Right. What I would prefer is we don't pick in the two hundreds anyway, and and we just trade up and get some guys. So we're gonna find out. We're gonna see what happens tomorrow. That's gonna be a lot of fun, cutback crew. Make sure you subscribe. You hit that notification bell. That way you don't miss the notification that lets you know, hey, we're 30 minutes out. Hey, we're going live. We want to see you here right from the jump tomorrow because it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. And Megan's already saying if it's a wide receiver at 61, there's going to be problems. Here's the thing. You guys get to decide who the GM is. So if you decide that it's it's some, you know, who it's going to be, ask them what position do you are you looking to take? Uh, if you know them and you follow them on social media, you know which way they could go. Uh, so do your research, and we'll we'll try to help you out along the way as well. But you are in control of who picks a 61. Sure. Maybe I'll come up with some questions and some questions to get some more info that we can kind of see uh, how people are feeling. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We're here. I got here late just to smash the like button said Android user. Thanks, Android user. I really and appreciate it. Android user is a real one. What a day one OG. And uh, TCC, if you haven't seen the trailer for war room for tomorrow stick around after the first commercial we'll get a get a little sneak peek and uh we'll catch you tomorrow 5 p.m pacific time 8 p.m eastern for all you east coast folks for 49ers war room episode three with vish and jordan elliott and and it's about that time yeah let's chalk another one up catch you later tcc hey tcc and 49ers faithful are you coming to the draft party because we have been hearing from so many that they are, you're not going to want to miss the opportunity. The outpouring is huge. Everyone is going to be there. We hope you are too. Yeah, make sure you join us on April 29th from 4 to 8 at Back Alley Brewery. And Gold is going to be so much fun, you're not going to want to miss it. Not at all. The San Francisco 49ers select... San Francisco 49ers select.